0: two major cryptocurrency lawsuits this week now that interest rates are up everybody wants a savings account but i'll tell you what to look out for graduation season seems to be wrapping up there's a few commencements going on still some people wonder if a college degree is still worth it all that and tip creep coming up on the five minute money show My name is Wyatt Mordyke. I'm a CFP professional and owner of Evidence Advisors Investment Management. You can find us on the web at evidenceadvisors.com. This is not a show about investment advice. Everybody's situation is different. Always sit down with a professional and talk about your specific plan. These are just my views, opinions, commentary. Should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities. And as a side note, we're talking a little bit about cryptocurrency today. Our firm doesn't manage or recommend anything related to cryptocurrency investing. This is just a fun, fast show about finance and what's going on in the world. Coinbase, Bitcoin, Binance, blockchain, FTX, cryptocurrency, does all this stuff make your head spin? Well, you're not alone. A recent survey done by Cryptoliteracy.org and YouGov, 98% of people surveyed do not understand basic crypto concepts, which is really not all that surprising. I mean, how many people do you know that can explain blockchain? But as confusing as all that is, it's not that difficult to understand the two major lawsuits that pretty much rocked the crypto world this week that the SEC brought against Binance and Coinbase. Now, the background to the story is that this has been the mission of Gary Gensler for some time. Now, Gary Gensler is currently the chairman of the Securities and Exchange Commission, and he's been saying for a while, since about 2018, that it's not about the individual cryptocurrencies, it's about the hubs where people buy and sell these cryptocurrencies. So the SEC has taken that stance, and they're going to try to regulate these things as, as securities exchanges and get them to operate more like the New York Stock Exchange. Also, this didn't just come up. I mean, Coinbase has been talking to the SEC apparently since 2018 about how they can list tokens and how products work. But I think with the collapse of FTX and all the other bad stuff that's happened to cryptocurrency this year, it's just really made a lot of people question it. And Chairman Gensler has been very clear in some recent interviews that he thinks that these coins are securities and they should be under securities law and the public should be protected. He even said that he's been around finance for four decades and he's never seen as much non-compliance and hype masquerading as reality as he's seen in the field of cryptocurrency. So if you have a fear of missing out on the crypto craze right now, I wouldn't worry too much about it. The only thing you're really missing out on is lawsuits and losses. Now, there's a lot of negative news about rising interest rates, but people are starting to realize it's not so bad if you're trying to earn interest on your cash that's been getting next to nothing for the last several years. And because of that, the marketing for so-called high-yield savings accounts has really ramped up, and a lot of people are turning to online banks for their savings. You might have noticed that even Apple has Apple Card and the savings account partnership now with Goldman Sachs, but that hasn't been without its problems either. So just like anything else that seems like a great deal, there's always the fine print. So just look out for you know any higher account fees that might be on there, initial deposits or high minimum balances that are needed, and of course, withdrawal features. And that's where Apple Card was running into problems. Some of these tech blogs were really giving Apple Bank a hard time because people were having difficulty getting their deposits out, sometimes days and weeks even before they could get their money. So maybe there's something still to be said for just walking into the branch and walking out with cash in hand. Graduation season is all but wrapped up and a couple million people are getting bachelor's degrees around the country. The question is, how valuable is that degree these days? Well, I hope it's worth at least $100,000 because that's the average cost of attendance at a four-year public university now. That high cost might be one of the reasons that undergraduate enrollment in the United States has fallen each year since 2010. Young people just don't think it's as important anymore. And according to Gallup, 10 years ago, 74% of 18 to 29-year-olds said that getting a college degree was very important. And today, that number is only 41%. But cost isn't the only reason people aren't jumping right into college out of high school anymore. According to the Wall Street Journal, in the last year and a half, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Utah, have all stopped requiring four-year degrees for most jobs in their state governments. Also the private sector has moved to skill-based hiring like Google and Apple, IBM. I mean, if you know how to code or you've got any kind of cybersecurity credentials, you stand a pretty good chance of being well-paid even without a degree. But before you go pocketing that $100,000, consider that it's possible that degree gets more valuable over time. Think about the people you know in their mid-40s that have degrees and those that don't. It's quite a bit different than those that are in their 20s that have degrees and those that don't. Plus, people change jobs a lot more frequently than they used to, and a lot of people are doing things today that they didn't go to school for. I'm a great example of that. I had a great time at Michigan State University. I'm proud to call myself a Spartan, but honestly, I could have went to any university and do what I'm doing today. could have been Harvard or MSU, but I could not be a CFP if I had never gotten that degree. Okay, are you getting tired yet of being asked to tip every single time you swipe your card? It used to be it was just at your favorite overpriced coffee shop, but now it seems like it's everywhere, doesn't it? And it is. It's a phenomenon known as tip creep. Everybody that has one of these little iPad kiosk checkout deals is throwing on the option for you to tip, even if there's hardly any service. And if you think all that is bad, well, tip creep has even gone to a new level. How about prompting you to leave a tip at a self-checkout machine? That's right. It's happening. Wall Street Journal did an entire article about it. They're finding airports and stadiums and cookie shops and cafes around the country that are starting to prompt people to leave 20% even when they're doing their own checkout and getting their own items out of the store. Of course, that's totally ridiculous. And what I've been saying all along since I first started checking out my own groceries is that the self-checkout should be cheaper. And wouldn't it be great if some business came up with a machine that asked you how you did checking yourself out? And hey, if you can keep that person standing there from coming to help you, then give yourself a 15% tip.